Michael, hello. How's things? Hi. Oh, very good. Excellent. Top of the morning to you, except it's mm-hmm. uh, not the morning there. No, it's afternoon here. Casey, I want to make a recommendation mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, for a YouTube channel that I've been enjoying. Um, you're familiar with Jack Black, right? Of course. So he started a YouTube channel not too long ago uh, called Jablinski Games. <laughs> and okay. when he like showed it off the first time, uh, he clearly showed that he understood YouTube gaming culture. He was making lots of references to different video game creators and memes uh, in the video game kind of creation community and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, it's going to be a gaming channel, a new episode every Friday. Um, and since then, the channel was launched. And it's been out for a while. And it's doing like incredibly. He has like 4 million subscribers. He gets like 3 to 7 million views per video. Um, and this is one of those scenarios where like he is a celebrity on YouTube, but he's doing it way more like a YouTuber. So... He does have people helping him. He has, uh, I think he has his kids help him a little bit with the videos and his kids are in it a bunch. And he also has, I think, some people helping him shoot and edit. But a lot of the footage is taken by him, like holding a phone and stuff like that. It's like, (laughs) so like it has that authenticity to it that vlogging kind of used to feel like before it ended up being something kind of a bit more like what Will Smith does where he has like a camera crew follow him around and it's a bit more like... Oh, is that a thing now? I didn't even know that. God, I'm so... Yeah, yeah. This is a lot of thing with celebrities on YouTube now. They have like a whole crew of people following them around. It's more like the Ozzy Osbourne reality show than it is Casey Neistat, right? Okay, okay. But the thing about Jablinski Games is it isn't really <laughs> as much gaming as you would have expected. So pretty much every video has something related to games. But as it stands right now, he's not actually played any current video games. He's like been to some arcades and he's played some like old NES games. But they're like a few minutes of the overall thing. And he's usually like out and about doing stuff. Um, and the most recent video he did, it's like 19 minutes long. And I'm not kidding. I think there was four separate instances where I burst out laughing watching this video. It is so entertaining. I mean, now it's a running joke of him not actually playing games. Um, and like he's trying to start a feud with Ninja. You know, Ninja is right. The Fortnite streamer. Oh, OK. OK. I did not. He's know that. trying okay. to like start. So <laughs> there's he makes this joke a lot where he says that his Delgato has been stolen by Ninja. And what the joke he's actually making, like, this is where, like, I understand what he's, like, I understand that he knows about gaming. He's talking about the Elgato streaming boxes. And he keeps Uh, talking about, like, he needs to get his Elgato set up. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had this whole big thing where he's like, oh, I can't play games this week because Ninja stole my Delgato. (laughs) Uh, And now he's trying to, like, start this feud with Ninja. It's There's a lot of weird stuff going on. But this most recent video, it's, like, a 20-minute video. And... Because he's on the set of Jumanji 4 now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the video is like mostly showing him kind of training and getting in shape a little bit, like yep. for Jumanji 4. And it's it's just so good. It's just it's really excellent. Um and the videos are genuinely entertaining. Idaiki does a really good job. Uh and I have been enjoying the heck out of them. Um Jack Black, man, that guy is hilarious. Like <laughs> you know, and I, I I kind of feel like I, like everyone, like I feel like, oh, Jack Black was funny years ago, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of how you think. Like, when he was at his peak with Tenacious D and stuff like that, and like, School of Rock was probably mm-hmm. his, like, biggest thing. But it turns out the guy is still relevant. He's still funny. Um, and I think it's really awesome. I'm really, really enjoying his channel. Um, and I recommend it to people to check out because I think I've, I have enjoyed every single video. Like, there has not been a bad video. But this most recent one, which I've put in the show notes, which is called Jumanji 4, uh, it's, it's really good. And it feels authentic which is what I like about it. It feels like he is respecting YouTube and what YouTube is and YouTube culture. And I think that's why like the YouTube community, like people watching YouTube videos, especially in the gaming world, are really kind of like taking kindly to it. Like every single video, you look in the comments and there's people saying like, this feels real, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like, that he is actually doing stuff that feels like old YouTube before it got invaded by celebrities. So it's a super positive thing. Uh, it's really fun. Um, I I really recommend it. I, I think it's awesome. It's a great channel. Yeah, I watched this most recent video that you had put in the show notes. Uh, to be fair, I watched it. At oh, like, did you? Yeah, I watched it at like one and a half X and I was only half paying attention. It was very good. I, I, I don't have a lot of commentary on it only because I don't I didn't have a whole lot of context. And so I was just like, OK, this is entertaining. I, I, by no means was it bad. Uh, I do agree that it felt genuine. Like it, it seemed clear that there was a, some modicum of crew involved, but um, I, I think the crew may have been as simple as somebody holding a camera. He has like a guy, right? I exactly, think, right. That helps him, and then I think he has somebody else edit it for him. But the editing, the editing's very good. The editing is very like fun YouTube editing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, he's, he, the, like if you if you watch as much YouTube as I watch, right? Like I can <laughs> see a lot of the like cues that he's picking up from other people kind of in the space which i enjoy yeah it, I, I thought it was very good i tend to like jack black um this most recent album aside i find tenacious d hilarious and i think the music is very good as well so uh i i'm i'm kind of primed to enjoy jack black also if you have not seen the most recent jumanji the one that he was in that was possibly the sleeper hit of last year for me i don't know when it actually came out but i didn't watch it till i haven't seen it but i've i've only heard good things about it oh it, it that in baywatch baywatch was terrible like jumanji was actually good baywatch was terrible but hilarious um yep. jumanji was not terrible and also hilarious and so much better than I expected having, you know, based on what little I'd known about it. Cause I saw the original when I was a kid and loved it. It has a special place in my heart. Um, and this was a very, not faithful, but like honorable retelling of the story. And it's not even All a right. retelling. I'm really. pick it's, it up then. Yeah. It's not a reboot as much as oh, in it's only same. eight pounds. Oh, it's, it's worth it. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. I'll get this for sure. I like a lot of the people involved. Like I love the I love the rock, right? Oh, so the rock can do no wrong in my world. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, that that movie was very very good. Uh, I mean, for a comedy, I'm not saying it's like a Shawshank Redemption or anything like that. I'm just saying as a comedy, it was a very well done and smart comedy. It, 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 it compared to a lot of the dumb idiot comedies that I tend to watch, so it is really good. <laughs> I actually have, I have a quick aside with regard to um, YouTube. I was watching a video from some channel and creator that I'd never heard of before. Um, and now I don't have it handy. It was Donut Media or Donut something rather was the channel. I'm stalling for time as I look it up. Um, but it was, yeah, Donut is the channel 
uh, Donut Media is the channel, and the creator's name is, as I fast forward to the end here, something Sykes. Uh, I can't find it now. Anyway, we'll put a link in the show notes to the video. The point I'm trying to meander toward is that at the end of this video, this gentleman, the host, says, you know, follow me on Instagram. I think it was Dylan Sykes or something Sykes. Uh, follow me on Instagram and, you know, follow the the equivalent of Relay FM, Donut Media on Instagram. And that was it. And there was no Twitter. And so I go and I go looking for like the Donut Media website. And apparently it's this big like automotive thing that I'd never heard of, which is fine. That's a great name for, for a car. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Donut Media. It's, re- it's very memorable and very funny. Yeah. Uh, so in any case, I go looking for a Twitter handle because I tweeted about this and wanted to like give them credit. And I couldn't find a Twitter handle. And I was kind of like, huh, that's weird. And it made me wonder... And I guess this is probably old news, but I haven't really embraced it. They are donor underscore media, by the way. It's linked on their YouTube page, but obviously, uh, like, oh man, I missed it. Okay. They don't really seem to use it or care about it. So, I mean, I, I, f- I figure what you're asking me is like, what's happened to yeah, Twitter? Exactly. And, like, to me, Twitter is where, uh, like, everyone, I, my perception. Well, sure. Right, like my perception of Twitter is that everyone has agreed we have to be on Twitter. Facebook, eh, Instagram, mostly. But I thought we had all, like as a society, come to an agreement that Twitter has to have some amount of presence. And it is, it is apparent to me that's not true. For us, and for a while, like Twitter became your like de facto home on the right. internet, yeah. right? That like, it's it was like, and again, I think it was what Twitter have always tried to do, and they, they, I think they even used to refer to themselves as this way at one point. They wanted to be like directory inquiries, like the yellow pages or whatever, mm, mm, or mm. the white pages, but for the internet, like that they wanted, like it's as important as an email address kind of thing, yeah, right? That yeah, you yeah. would have a Twitter account. We just did on Cortex, uh, we watched a documentary called American Meme. Yes, I heard that. And I watched some of the documentary, but I did hear the entire episode of Cortex. It was very good. You should watch the whole documentary because it's very good. But uh, there was something I noticed there in that documentary, and it's just a similar thing. They were talking about social media, but they, they meant Instagram. Yeah, it's wild. Instagram is the place now. Like, it's the place. And, and part of the reason is because that is where the influencers are, because that is the most influential platform. You can show stuff, right? You can show your life. You can do all that. But when you get ads and brand deals... You can show them, right? It's like YouTube and Instagram. They are the places at the moment. Twitter is for old people. I mean, Twitter announced their monthly active user stuff recently, right? And it's small. Like, it's smaller <laughs> than I think you would would naturally expect it to be. Like, it's they don't have a lot of people that log in very much. It's just wild to me because Twitter is still, I think, in our circle. So now I'm I'm stepping away from the macro and looking at the micro. In our yep. circle, I think it's still kind of the de facto place where we all hang out. But yeah, but it is apparent to me more and more over time that exactly what you said that Instagram is really where all the action is, and YouTube to your point. But Twitter, which is where I still, my perception is that Twitter is still where all the action is, and it seems like my perception is as old as I am, and that that that's not really the case. Yeah, Instagram is is occupying more and more of my brain space as time goes on. Yeah, I need to like enroll in the Mike Hurley Instagram 
course, because I want so desperately to be more engaged with Instagram. And I've, I've made the same lamentation before on the show. Like I want to be engaged more, but my day to day is so uninteresting and I just don't know what to do to be more engaged. I'm finding more like people that I'm interested in and following them on Instagram. I want to recommend Eva Chen. Um, she's Eva Chen 212 on Instagram. She's the head of fashion at Instagram. And her Instagram stories are like one of my favorite things. She goes from being like she in the morning, she'll show like her kids sitting on her face at five in the morning trying to wake her up <laughs> to then like flying to Paris to go to Paris Fashion Week to then talking about the fact that she has a puffy eye and a cold. Like she's super real. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like her. And plus she, I get to see this like interesting world through her like she has a million followers on Instagram, right? Oof. Which is not like the biggest amount in the world, no. but it's huge, right? Like it's a huge amount. But what I like is watching how the fashion world treat, like they take her so importantly. Hmm. Like all of the fashion houses send her gifts. They send gifts for her kids. When she goes to fashion shows, super fun. Like, so she, she shoots videos at fashion shows, right? And you'll see certain models that walk down the catwalk and they'll see her and they will look directly into her phone <laughs> because she is one of the most important people in the fashion world because she runs the fashion team at, I think she's the head. It's not, if she's not the head of it, she's very high up, but I think that she runs the fashion team at Instagram mm -hmm. in New York. Like there's probably different fashion teams. She's in New York, but she's also an author as well. She, she makes a, uh, kids book range called Juno Valentine. But she, she is like running the show at the most important social media platform for fashion, which is Instagram. No pressure. So everyone, no, but like everybody wants a piece to get to her mm -hmm. and to make sure that like if they need something at Instagram, they have a good relationship with the person that can help them. You know, right. like. So it's just really interesting to me to watch how people in her world react to her and and how she like she's also she teaches me about how to use Instagram because <laughs> she does like these Q and A's and live streams and people are always like how do you do this and how do you do this like I found out recently you know how you can pull a camera uh, an image from your camera roll and put it into Instagram yeah you can add a second image. If you copy the image in the photo roll and paste it in to the text field. What? But you can also add GIFs in. So you can put GIFs from Giphy into Instagram huh. by, by having them on your iPhone clipboard and just pressing paste. It will paste a GIF in. I did not know that. Neither did I until Eva Chen showed me. So. <laughs> you know, like we were talking about like, you know, non-white, non-men then yep, like yep. she you know she's <laughs> like she's someone that i sincerely recommend because not only is she not a white man she's also probably my favorite person on instagram like i watch all of her stories i watch all these fashion shows now because she's just so good at it she's so entertaining with it so another recommendation i'm all about the recommendations today but yes yeah. the answer to your question is instagram is 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 the social network now yeah, it's wild. So follow me on Instagram. I'm Mike on Instagram. I am YK on no, no, Instagram. No, no, no. You don't need any more followers. You have the magic yeah, $10,000, uh, $10,000, 10000 threshold. I'm still sitting at like 6600 like a chump. So follow have, Casey Liss on Instagram. I have 13 now. 
Oh, thirteen thousand. Why just rub it in? Well, like one of the reasons though is because I put the effort in. I'm I like putting the effort and the work into Instagram. What I also like now is I'm really enjoying playing around with photo editing, just like using apps like Visco, and so it's like becoming a little bit of a hobby for me. Yep. So Instagram's a great outlet. All right, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at. Linode. We love Linode and you will love Linode too because with Linode you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud and get it up and running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folk to go to because they offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support in case you need any help. It's so easy to launch a Linode cloud server and they have block storage now available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, in Singapore and soon in Tokyo too. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful APIs is out of beta as well and it includes an officially supported Python CLI. I don't know what that means but like it sounds Command good. Command line interface. Thank you so much. Yeah. And right now, Linode are hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, go to linode.com slash careers. Linode has pricing options available for everyone for their virtual servers. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for listeners of this show. You can go to linode.com slash analog and use the promo code analog2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go right now and give it a try. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog and promo code analog2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and Relay FM. So there was extremely important news in your household over the last week and a half or whatever it's been. And I, and I say that with no sarcasm intended. What is going on over there? There are some congratulations to be given. Well, I had a Romanian wife. I now have a British wife. Wow, you traded her out that quick? But I didn't get remarried. This is like one of those, like, (laughs) there's a room and there's a puddle on the floor and there is a a human and they are dead. How did they die, right? Like, you know, know, it's like, oh, they stood on the ice. But anyway, it's like one of those. It's it's not too much of a tongue teaser. Uh, My wife, Edina, is now a British citizen. Um, as of last weekend, uh, she has been working on becoming a British citizen for a long time. Uh, she gets absolutely nothing for having married me. <laughs> it's like it, this is like one of those things where like she was finding this where she would say, "Oh, I'm like you know I'm I'm going to become a citizen." Like, "Oh, is that because you got married?" It's like, no. All it does is there's like this waiting period from when you become uh, a resident to when you can apply for citizenship. And it just reduces that waiting period. It doesn't get you any benefit. So uh, she's been putting together paperwork. You have to put like years worth of paperwork together. She did all of that a long time ago. Filling in these huge application forms, which are all changing constantly because of Brexit. Um, so that's, that was hard. Then she had to study to take what's called the life in the UK test, where uh, they you basically have a bunch of questions about some British history stuff, but also like British customs and stuff like that. So you can kind of be integrated a little bit better, right? So it's like, it's Mm -hmm. basically teaching you like how British people act, general conventions of being a British person, the way that people think about things, the way they don't, you know, it's actually, I think it's kind of cute in some ways. And I understand uh, the thinking behind it. Um, I think it also just, you know, make sure that the people that are becoming citizens at least care 
right? That like they've put a little bit of work in, which I think is important. I think residency is one thing, citizenship is another. In in can, in my opinion, I mm-hmm. don't know if that's mm-hmm. a bad thing to say, but like I feel like the residency stuff should just be what it is, which is a bit more of just like ticking some boxes and you can become a resident. But to actually call yourself a citizen of a country, I think you should care about that country. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being old fashioned. No, no, I, I think that makes sense. So that she went through all of that and then everything got approved just uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, and there's like a whole ceremony that happens, which is called the naturalization ceremony, yeah. which is the worst word in the world. Like, I hate the way that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she is now naturalized and we went, we had like a whole ceremony. You can, you, you can either do ceremonies uh, in groups of people. So like four or five people and you get like a guest or two. Um, but you can also pay a small amount of money and choose a day and get a larger guest list and have it done like a private ceremony. So we did that. Um, and we had some family and some friends and some of Adina's coworkers and stuff all came and we had the whole ceremony and, uh, she had to stand up and pledge her allegiance to the queen. And there was like a portrait of the queen in the room <laughs> looking down on us. And there was like a big flag and we sung the national anthem. It was a very touching moment. Uh, it meant a lot to me because I don't think that she ever saw herself as becoming anything other than Romanian. Like, I don't think that that was necessarily something in her life and probably wasn't even something that she considered that thought that she would do when we met each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't just because of Brexit. Like, we we rushed to get it done because of Brexit. Like, the, you know, we we probably would have had... Because you can choose, you can choose where you want to have your ceremony done, and we kind of had it done in like a local council uh, room, which wasn't that fancy. But you can like you can apply for like Westminster buildings, and you'll be put on a waiting list. But we wouldn't have been able to get one before the potential Brexit deadline, which at the mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. is changing every day. By the time you hear this, we may have delayed the entire thing. Who even knows? Nobody knows anymore. But you know, we kind of we we made sure we just got that part taken care of. But yeah, I don't necessarily think that. This was necess- this was like part of the life that she nece- that she like ex- completely expected for herself. So like, it means a lot to me that having met me, she's willing to become a citizen of the country that I grew that I was born in and that we live in, uh, because it's part of like who she is now. And so yeah, it's, it was a very touching moment for me. Uh, I, and it was we we were, we celebrated over the weekend and. Had a little staycation in London, and and it was yeah, it was, it was great. It felt really good, and I'm very proud of her for having gone through something that I don't think I could do. But one of the things <laughs> you have to do is list all the times you have left the country over like a three or five year period. I couldn't do that. <laughs> like I wouldn't know how to do that. Like where? Do, yeah. How would I put that stuff together? It'd be crazy. But but yeah, it's a lot of work and. Now she has a British passport. The passport came like three days later, which I was super surprised That's about. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, it was really nice. I'm very, very pleased. Well, congratulations. Congratulations to Adina. Congratulations mm-hmm. to you, I guess, by proxy. But uh, that's super awesome news. And, and that should make, I would assume that'll make traveling at least slightly easier now, won't it? Uh, yes. So uh, we're traveling in the summer together next to America and we have applied, Adina has applied for her ESTA, which is like an electronic visa that you need if you're in the UK. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get a full visa. 
So she's done that and she's got her Esther now, so she'll be able to travel on a UK passport. And so that, yeah, that will make things a lot easier. She had a full visa for the US, um, which would last it for a while longer. But this is just like a, you know, she'll, she'll probably get questioned less being a British citizen than she'll be a Romanian citizen. And she's, she's going to be a dual citizen. So she will keep her Romanian citizenship. Oh, that's awesome. As well. Because she's allowed to do that. Some countries you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I don't think America allows that because we're America. And I think, strictly speaking, like America it's fine. allows it with specific countries. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay, whatever. And, and like it all depends on like where you were born and like what the makeup of your parents are, like who's American <sighs> and who's not. It's like a whole mm-hmm. thing. But like, I have a couple of friends that are dual citizen American and somewhere else, like Britain or whatever. Oh, America. Mm-hmm. But anyway, th- let's not let's not end this on a sour note. I am very excited for you guys. I am uh, glad that, that you were able to have a little celebration about it. And this is really great news. And uh, please pass on my congratulations to Adina. That is super awesome. She'll hear this show. Excellent. Hi, Adina. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. God save the queen. Uh, Mike, tell me about the cold. All right. So I'm going, I'm taking a trip this weekend. And the place that I'm going to... I will experience the coldest temperatures I've ever experienced. Okay. So I'm I'm going to Chicago this weekend for a quick trip. And right now, the weather in Chicago for this weekend, let me check if it's changed. The like on the days that I'm gonna be there, I'm looking at like where are we? Uh next so- ten days. It's all in a ten day forecast. Are we talk, well, you'll be there Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Saturday is 13 degrees Fahrenheit, Sunday 6, and Monday is 1. These are the lows, mind you. The, the low on Monday is 1 degree Fahrenheit. I want to give two things. I want to give the Celsius numbers of for course. me and also the feels-like temperatures because oh, they're true, more shocking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the feels-like temperatures uh, this weekend on like Sunday, for example, is minus 26 degrees Celsius, which is uh, minus 14 degrees Fahrenheit. That's going to be fun. I don't think I know how to deal with that. I don't know what to do (laughs) about those temperatures. May I recommend many layers, many, many layers. Yeah, I bought a fleece. Vest. I'm pretty sure you're going to need more than that. And I got like a coat, like a goose down coat, an ethical goose down coat. And um, I guess I'm going to take a hoodie and T-shirts. I don't really know what to do. My my thinking is just I never go outside. <laughs> right. But like I just take like lifts everywhere and like. I don't really know what to do about it, Casey. I'm a bit scared about it, to be honest. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, I used to live outside Chicago when I was a kid, and I remember it being just deathly cold. And I also lived in uh, Minnesota when I was a very, very, very young kid, and uh, and I remember that being even colder. Uh, Chicago, in particular, is called the Windy City for a reason. And so because of that, I would say you're going to want uh, to make sure that your neck has either a scarf or enough covering. Oh, no scarf, too. Mm-hmm. You're going to want a scarf or some equivalent. You will need something for your ears for sure. You will need something for your hands for sure. And I would probably say basically any exposed skin anywhere will probably last 
15 minutes or less in the, in, in the elements before you get deeply uh, uncomfortable. Uh, aha. So, like, I can probably pull that down over my ears. You might even want, like, earmuffs or something, because it's going to be it's going to be something else. Now, good news is, you know, people that live in Chicago, although the bad news is they're so used to it that to them, that's probably tropical. But <laughs> nevertheless, no, John, who lives there, he's been like not leaving the house at mm-hmm. times during this. Uh... Yeah, it's uh... not good. It's, it's not going to be fun for you. And I'm sorry to hear that. Uh... It will be an experience. At least it will snow. I like snow. That's true. Yeah, because you guys don't really get snow in London, do you? No, so I'm excited about the snow. All right, I'm I'm going to buy some earmuffs on Amazon now. I'd recommend it. I think the worst you can do is not have enough. And the best the best mistake you can make is just having too many layers and then taking a couple of a couple of them off. Yeah, that's good. You have too much. Ay ay ay. But yeah, I just wanted to sh- I'll report back if I make it back. Yes, I hope so. Um what the what what that whole thing was like for me, but I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit concerned about it. Yeah, it, it could be it could be a little uncomfortable from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the occasion for you going? Can you share? Oh, I'm going uh, out to the Mac Powell users live show. I'm going out to support Stephen and David. That's awesome. Uh, that should be yeah. really fun. Yeah. And you've been nice to Chicago like once before. Twice before. Twice before. I was okay. in Chicago in October. I feel like I can't get away from Chicago. Oh, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. You haven't ever gone when it's nice, though, have you? You didn't go in the summertime, did you? No, I've been in October twice and now uh, February. Yeah, you need to go during the summertime. It uh, It is quite lovely in the summer. Aaron and I did our, uh, what was that, our 10-year anniversary? Is that right? Our 10-year wedding anniversary in Chicago. And uh, it was it was quite nice. Uh, I really, really liked it. And um, I definitely recommend it in the summertime. In the winter, not as much. But it should be good. I'm sure that I will see plenty of uh, Instagram stories of you and all of our mutual friends that will make me deeply jealous. But uh, I am glad that you are having that time to go and have some fun and do a little work. Yeah, I just... Just trying to be the the best co-founder I can be. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, you know? were going to do that, you would move to the states. Casey, let me tell you about uh, a company that will be helping me out when I go on that trip next week, and that is Away, because Away makes smart premium suitcases, so your luggage never needs to cost more than your plane ticket. If you're anything like me when you're traveling, as well as harsh cold protection, you also probably want and need battery. And when you buy an Away suitcase, you'll be able to charge all of your devices wherever and wherever you are when you're traveling because both of their sizes of carry-on feature USB ports with a battery large enough to charge your phone five times from a single charge that can also pop right out of the case so you can have it with you on your person when you're out and about in the city that you're sightseeing around. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog and browse their suitcases. They all feature premium German polycarbonate, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance whilst remaining lightweight. Um, Away have over 10 colors and five sizes to choose from. They have the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, the large, and the kids. Um, and, so, you know, maybe if you have... Oh, they're so cute, the kids ones. Oh, my God. I saw one of those recently because we have an Away store in London. Oh, my God. The kids carry-on is the best little thing. Away suitcases have a patent-pending compression system, which is great if you're an overpacker, along with four 360-degree spinner wheels. All of their carry-ons are compliant with major U.S. airlines while maximizing the amount that you can pack, and they have TSA combination locks 
built right in. One of my favorite features about my away suitcase is the removable washable laundry bag. So when I'm away, I put all of the clothes that I've worn into that bag, zip it up and put it in my case when I'm done. Then when I get home, I unzip it and just dump it straight into the hamper. And then the clothes that I didn't wear on the trip can just be hung back up again. Like I, there's, I don't need to work out what did I use or end up washing clothes that don't need to be washed. So it's a really simple thing, but it's makes a big difference to me with the amount that I travel. So I really love it. Away believe in the quality of their products. I also love this as well. They offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for life. And they have a 100-day trial with a no-questions-asked return policy. You can travel with that suitcase, make sure it's right for you. And if it isn't, then you can just... You can just return it. And they do free shipping on orders uh, within the lower 48 states of the U.S., but they ship to many places worldwide. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog, and if you use the code analog at checkout, you'll get $20 off any of their suitcases. That is awaytravel.com slash analog, and the code analog for $20 off. Our thanks to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so I wanted to air something a little bit and get your opinion um, as I've been working on YouTube stuff and just trying to do more of that, I've also spent more and more time working on little like pet projects, little, um, Apple or Apple related, like app related pet projects that I'm usually using to like solve a problem for myself, like, like Potter was. Um, but I, I'm starting to write things that may be of use to the general population. Okay. And I don't know what to do about it because I've written two different like little mini apps and both of them are hideous to look at because I am not a designer and I don't have the best design eye when it comes to creating a good design. I can critique a good <laughs> design all day long, but, uh, but creating is, is tough for me. But one of them I've spoken about on and off privately with you and perhaps even on the show. One of them is just a little app to track your weight every day. It's a very, very, very simple app that basically just lets you mash a couple buttons. It's actually in the spirit of fast text. Let's you mash a couple buttons, save your weight to health kit, and that's that. It even has a little Apple Watch app. Um, and back when I was paying more attention to my weight, which I should start paying more attention to, I, um, I, was, I was using that every day to, to log my weight. And... Again, not very pretty to look at, not terribly complex, not terribly interesting, but I think it does potentially have a place in the world. So this is like in replacement of those like Wi-Fi scales, right? right. Exactly. Right. So you can basically turn regular scales into Wi-Fi scales because you can then log your own data to health. Yep, exactly right. And then the other thing I've been working on is it occurred to me recently that, and I think I talked about this very briefly in passing on ATP, it occurred to me recently that a lot of my contacts in my uh, you know, iPhone address book don't have photos. Even a lot of people that I'm like really, really close with. Like, I don't think Marco even has a photo in my address book. And, and I was trying to figure out a way to like automate how to make this process of adding photos to, to the address book easier. And it occurred to me that there's a website, Gravatar, so G-R-A-V-A-T-A-R, where people can elect to put what they consider to be their canonical avatar um, on this website. Yeah, it's it's run by Automatic, the company you own WordPress. Mm -hmm, that's right. It wasn't originally, but it is now. Or at least no. I don't think it was originally them, but it is now. You're absolutely right. And Gravatar has an extraordinarily easy API wherein you could grab an avatar based on somebody's email address. And then it occurred to me that a lot of the people that I have my address book also have Twitter accounts. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I was just earlier. about to say, because this is, we used to use and have used Gravatar Relay FM. 
but we're finding that everyone's icons are out of date. Yeah. So now we can pull we pull that information in for people's people pages from their Twitter accounts. Yeah, and so I have also found a kind of uh, don't talk about it, but it exists quote unquote mm-hmm. API for Twitter where you don't have to log into Twitter in order to get people's uh, avatar images off there as long as their accounts are public and so on and so forth. And this app, uh, it, it's just, uh, this needs a lot of work. Um, I've proven that all of the individual pieces work. I've proven that most what, is of... this an iOS app? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Oh, man, I want this. Well, yeah. So what it would do is it would look at your... Cal- your not your calendar, goodness. It would look at your address book, your contacts, and it would scan through them and compare them against Gravatar and compare them against Twitter. And importantly, it will also ensure that none of these contacts have images bigger than, what is it, 224 kilobytes? Because apparently there's this like very, very quiet rule that Apple acknowledges but is not very well known that if you have an image over a certain size in your contact list, then it can screw up like syncing and all sorts of other things. So it's smart enough not to overrun that limit as well. Can you get any other information? Like, can you get like birthdays? I know you love birthdays. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. Not to my knowledge, I don't think so, because I'm not getting anything other than images from these services. I'm only getting um, the image and nothing else. Like if I wanted to allow a user to log into Twitter with their own Twitter account and like I might be able to scrape more that way. But the idea of both of these apps is to keep it extremely simple and do one thing, a very simple thing, but do it really, really well. And I kind of want to release both of them, particularly this the, the latter one, the thing that, that looks and, and does the contact list. Yeah, man, that, that second one, I really want it. Like, I actually really want that. <laughs> and so the problem I have with it is, I don't want to release it because I'm scared because I, well, because I have a bit of a name in this world and I don't want in the, the, the world uh. in this context means like <laughs> our little teeny yeah. world, not the bigger, yeah. broader world. And I don't want people to download this app and be like, Oh my God, this guy is a moron. He doesn't know what he's doing. It doesn't work for beans. It looks like garbage. It has a terrible, because neither of these apps I have a good name for. So I am soliciting names if you have any good ideas. But um, anyways, I, I, I kind of like my perception or my hope is that people think that I'm a relatively smart guy that's relatively good at what he does. And I'm scared to to remove any doubt as to whether or not I'm an idiot. You know, what is, there's some famous line like it's better to say nothing at all than to open your mouth and remove all doubt that you're an idiot. It was better phrased than that, but it's something along those lines. And so I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to release this really in any capacity, but particularly to the store, because I don't want people to think it's garbage and I'm scared that people will think it's garbage. And a lot of this is, I think the fast text scab hasn't really fallen off yet. So if you don't recall, I wrote this app way before I was any sort of a name in this community and it was, it was functionally great, but the design was fine. I mean, it was not particularly pretty. The icon was made fun of quite a bit because it it was a little, it was like the messages icon, but with feet. I'm still proud of that, damn it, because I uh, I drew that myself and I have no artistic talent whatsoever. But um, it, it got made fun of a lot and and I think justifiably so. And I'm, I'm still slightly sore about that. And oh, so, there's still a website. Yeah, there is. It's still there. So, the website has some issues though. I don't doubt it. I haven't looked at it in literally years. But anyways, um, I, so I don't know what to do about it. And, and I was curious if you had any thoughts on the matter. Well, I mean... 
I do want the the the, the features that this app purports to give me. Mm-hmm. Like I would actually quite like that. Um, d- does it do people like on a case by case? To like you say like oh update this person. No, so the way it's designed right now is it'll slurp up your entire address book. But my vision, and this part is not implemented yet, but my vision is it will show a table view, you know, just a list of like basically the old image or a placeholder, literally an arrow, and then the new image it's downloaded. And then it will default to having checked every, you know, because you can like select many items, like in mail, for example, you can select many items. Because that, that's good, because I wouldn't want to necessarily change them all. Right, because there are friends of mine who use uh, images that aren't them as the icons, right? They're like the Twitter avatars, and I actually have pictures of them, mm-hmm. and I would prefer to keep the pictures of them rather than the picture that they choose. Right. Or like I have a lot of uh, friends right now, I have photos from our wedding as their mm-hmm. pictures, mm-hmm. and I would like to keep those in a lot of instances. So. Yeah. Yeah, so the vision would be that it once it churns through everything, it would automatically put that table view, that that list in a mode such that it has a, a check mark on every single row, and then you could selectively uncheck the things you do not want to update. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's the vision. I don't know. We can talk about it off air if you think that there's a better approach. I'm all ears, but I, I, I want to. No, th- that's what I would want to do. Yeah, so I want to. I want to release it. It needs a lot of work. Like this is all very rudimentary at the moment. But again, I've proven that each of the individual pieces m- do work. It's just a matter of mashing it all together, which is where all the complexity lies. But anyways, um, I really want to. I, I really want to release it, but I am scared to death of what the reaction would be. So, what do I do? How how ugly can it be? Like, if you're using the standard iOS controls, it's not going to be that bad. And, and I am, and I agree, but the standard iOS controls are kind of out of favor for a lot of people. I mean, that's what Fastext was, by and large, and I think a lot of people... I don't think that that's a bad thing. I, I think if you use the HIG design, mm-hmm. right, no one can accuse you of it being ugly. Mm-hmm. If you decided to go and do your own... UI, yeah, yeah, you're probably going to struggle, right? Just right. because it's not, this isn't what you do. Yeah, totally. Um, and you need more practice in doing that, yep. right? So, you know, but like if I think if you use the standard HIG design stuff, so the interface guidelines, so Apple's interface, what is the hate? Human, mm-hmm. human interface mm-hmm. guidelines. It's like a basically a paper that Apple publishes, which is like, this is how we think our app should look. And a lot of Apple's tools include effectively standard visual design elements that applications include, in case you don't know what I'm talking about. So I figure if you do that and just make it pretty much stock, no one can, they can accuse it of being simple, but they can't accuse it of being bad or ugly because you've just made a simple utility app. But you just got to pay someone to make an icon for you. Yeah, and then, that's the other problem. Right? <laughs> yeah, but like that isn't necessarily a massively expensive thing, right? Like I'm sure that you could find someone and pay a, small amount of money or you could pay, find someone and pay a large amount of money but both will produce good uh results but they'll be different sure right so all right so you sent me a, an image here that doesn't look like is that standard interface stuff yeah yeah i mean it's it's so i i don't want to put an image in the show notes and i apologize because this is real people with real pictures but i will paint a word picture so it's a small rectangular um it's like 
40 or 50 pixel icon, then literally an arrow, like an, an, a Unicode arrow, and then another picture, and then their name. So all I would suggest here is you should put checkboxes in because there's no checkboxes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's the part I haven't and done yet. <laughs> get an arrow. Either like because the arrow here, like that, you could add some a little bit of nice visual flair to the arrow that's showing. Like, so you've got a column on the left of images that you already have, a column on the right of images from Twitter, and then an arrow in between to send, like, to indicate it's going to go from this to this. Either you know, I'd recommend looking at a stock icon thing. Um, there's a guy uh, with the name Jory Raphael. Oh yes, who, mm-hmm. right? Like Jory, look at his stuff. He might have like a really nice, he makes, is it sense? I know what you're thinking of. I can't remember it offhand though. Symbolicons? Yes. Yes. I think that's right. Right. Like, I don't think that his Symbolicons packs are very expensive. Um, So you could probably like peruse some of those. It's like you can buy his entire icon set that he makes for $120. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you can buy cheaper stuff than that i don't know like or you you know and so you could find a lot of the icons that you want in something like this and it would add some character um to to give it a little bit of flair right like i feel like you could add all the flair that you need for not a lot of money and give it just a little bit of a kick and you know and then find someone to make an icon for you and you would be off to the races for something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, if you, I just feel like if you are not doing anything wild, no one's going to necessarily criticize you. I mean, people can say this is super simple and you're like, yeah, thank you very much. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? like, that's what this is supposed sure. to be. And also, like, you know, I can already think of a few, few things that could be interesting. Right? Like I mentioned one, like if take a look at the Twitter API and maybe like, if somebody connects us to her account, you can get more information, which could be kind of cool. Like, I would love to be able to update people's birthdays mm-hmm. yeah. if that sort of stuff's available. Yeah, I, I'll try to find a, a list of people where it's mostly internet personalities that listeners of the show may care about. And I'll tr- see if I can, like, you know, blur anyone that that is, you know, a private friend of mine. And so you can get just a, a sort of kind of idea of what this looks like. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can put that in the show notes. But, but like Mike said, and like I, I, said, I think of all of the ideas that you've shared with me, this one is the most sense to release to the world. Podita, no, because oh, God, no. nobody <laughs> needs it except yeah, but like it's yeah, just yeah. the use case is so sure. slim. Even the the like the adding things like weight to the health mm-hmm, app, mm-hmm. there's a million types of things that sure. can do that. Absolutely. This is something that I I don't know if anything out there exists, but as soon as I heard you say, I'm like, oh yeah, I would want that. And I would give you a buck for it. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, my my recommendation to you either make it free or make it 99 cents just for the sake of making 99 cents mm-hmm. um because as well like the 99 cents uh i don't i think that that kind of thing lowers the criticism maybe i don't know yeah but uh and then like you know this could be a cool little thing for you to do like you could look at what other data sources out there in the world can you pull into something like this totally. that could be interesting um and like updating contacts and maybe calendar information i don't know like but I like this idea. I would like to have it in my life. So I found this one of your one of the images in here is just like a it's like a just a drawing yep, that's, of some that's of a me. face. That, that, I did that. That's my uh, my current. You don't have an image face. So oh, I drew that. Okay. I drew yeah. that on... You see, Casey, you can't. 
no. This is what jury stuff can help you with. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You know, you've got to include that in your screenshot somehow. I, if, if nothing else, I guarantee I will put that little smiley face in the show notes. Even if the screenshot doesn't make it, I will put the smiley yep. face. The the you don't have an image already smiley face oh will my. go in the show notes. Yeah, you see, so like this is where like you do need some <laughs> yeah. icons and you sure. can pick up this stuff uh relatively in like inexpensively yeah, yeah, yeah. especially when something like that a license to something like that if you are thinking about making it, like there's so many hundreds and hundreds of icons in these packs and like jory isn't the only person that does stuff like this like these these are like things that you can buy um as an app developer that can be really useful to you and just in design in general like keeping your eye out for this stuff and uh like i use uh stock audio services a lot mm-hmm. and, you know you, you can get this stuff for if you're making money it's inexpensive if you want to make money it's a good investment sure um so i would say look at that find someone who can make an icon for you um and then try and i think you should try and move forward with this one because this is this will be a fun little experiment you'll learn some stuff from it i think this one is a good one to progress i like the idea well, thanks. Um, now the question, though, becomes, do I issue doing YouTube stuff in favor of this? Do I try to balance both? Yeah, I think that this is more. I think that this is this type of stuff. App development mm-hmm. is more important, I think, in the long run. You're probably right. For you, mm-hmm. you could be more successful as if you have good ideas, you would more easily find success in apps than you would in YouTube because the Venn diagram of the, your existing audience with fun utility apps that are nicely made mm-hmm. is way higher than the Venn diagram sure. of uh, people interested in cars, which you already know from neutral. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that would be... that. I, I recommend more effort into uh, software because you already have the skills anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to learn way less yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, and I think there's and also you have greater connections within the industry to help you find the people that that you need to help you put some of the stuff into action than you do in the YouTube world. Like, so like the equivalent is like, oh, you need someone to help you shoot something. Well, that's you just don't. That's way harder and more expensive, and than having someone help you try, design an icon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and also, I just realized I have a little bit of quick follow up. I have received. From YouTube, one hundred dollars. Congratulations, Casey. Look at that's me. not easy to get. I'm like seriously, that's that. there are many, many, many people that make no money from YouTube. Yep. So I'm pleased that you've made some from it. But I bet you would make a hundred dollars from this app a lot quicker if you sell. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, I was thinking about like maybe, and I don't necessarily want to go through the song and dance of like um, in-app purchase and stuff. But I was thinking that this this sort of an app would be a really great way to do like. Hey, you can look at what would be updated for free, but the only way to actually commit the update to your con- to your contact list is to pay a dollar or two dollars or five dollars or what have you. You know, and I think that that would be a really obvious way to get like a free trial, well, if you good. will. You know, that's really clever. Like if you can if you can make that work, I don't know how stuff works. Then it was like okay, so like 
get this app. You can see what it would be. Great. It will cost you 99 cents and then you can make the update. And then like that's a good model for later on if you add more features in mm-hmm. to be like, all right, so the, doing the photos is 99 cents. And then if you want to do this and this and this or adding this data set, it's another 99 cents. Like that feels like a scalable right. potential thing if this becomes uh, something which takes off enough that you would want to put time into it. But it could be you know, at least a fun little side project to help you flex this muscle um, a little bit more. Yep. And that's, that's kind of where I'm looking at it now, but we'll see what happens. I appreciate the chat. I don't know. Good man. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but uh, why don't you tell me about something that's definitely great. All right. It's about Squarespace. Our friends over at Squarespace, they will let you easily create a website for your next idea with the ability to get a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates and more. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you put whatever it is you're looking to put online, online. I've used Squarespace for so many projects over the years. I have lost count of the amount of Squarespace websites that I've started because if I want to put something on the internet... I go to Squarespace because they have everything that I need. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. It's an all-in-one platform. I can make a blog, a portfolio, an online store, a site for an event, a site for a restaurant. I don't have a restaurant, but if I went to get one, <laughs> I would go make a Squarespace website for it. Because when I think about making a website, that's where I go. And I've been doing this for like 10 years now. I've been a Squarespace customer, a happy Squarespace customer. And I recommend that if you're thinking of putting anything online, just go and try them out and see if they're right for you. They have 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, they're there, but they have great guides and documentation as well in case you just want to check something. And they have a great free trial. If you go to squarespace.com slash analog, their trial is completely free. There's no credit card information needed to sign up for it. Um, and you can build your whole website. And basically then when you're ready to make it public to the world, you sign up for one of their plans which start at just $12 a month. But you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain when you use the offer code analog at checkout and you'll be showing your support for this show. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog to get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, let's do some Relay Your Feels. All right, so let's start with a question from Alec. And Alec wants to know, how do you manage sharing things that you care about on social media to friends and family now that you have a kind of brand that you are known for online? Wait, so I don't I don't think I follow what Alec is, a, is asking here. So talking about things that I care about within social media with real world people, is that what he's saying? So the way that I read this question was like sharing things with your friends in front of other people right so like um, like you sending me a youtube video like a lot of people would just tweet that at someone right like so let's just imagine me and you are friends and we don't have we're not in the world that we're at now Mm -hmm. and like you see a video on twitter that you like you might just tweet it to me and be like oh you might like this Mm -hmm. but is that the type of thing that you would do? Would you put that type of stuff on Twitter considering that you know people follow you? That's kind of how I read the question. Huh. So are there parts of my life that I would like only address to you via iMessage and not declare as like an interest to everyone? Well, this is kind of the way that I saw it of like the mm-hmm. difference between me and you is you might be more inclined to just share something with me privately rather than in front of our mutual followers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I right? think. I think that's probably fair. I, I think that j- basically if, if I think that only one or two people will like it, I'll address those one or two people either by a public reply or an iMessage or what have you. But if it's something I think is relevant to 
the people that list pay attention to me. You do do this though. Mm -hmm. Like this is one of the reasons I thought about it is that like you, I see you do this, you do this to me, you do this to other people. Like you do share things with people. And I kind of wondered what, what is the threshold of like, I will text Mike this link or I will tweet Mike Mm -hmm. this link Mm -hmm. because you do it more than me. Like I don't really do it. And it's not for any reason. It's just like, if I see something I think somebody will like, I will just text it to them. Like I I wouldn't necessarily tweet it to them. I've always found that kind of thing really interesting. And like, it's something I don't get when like, there are like Instagram comments or tweets on like a popular tweet where people are just tagging a friend as in like you should see this and yes. i found that mm-hmm. i find it really peculiar Me like too. i don't understand that but you do kind of do that but like in a different way where like you might see something and then you tweet it to me and i just kind of wondered like what is the threshold of tweeting it to me is it a performative act or are you like yes okay somewhat. okay that's yeah, fine it's somewhat. totally fine uh, i think it's I think it's the sort of thing, it's it's a couple of things rolled into one. I think it is partially performative. I think it's also that um, if I were to send you an iMessage with a video, I th- I would, it appears to me that, that, that you would perceive that as a request to watch it sooner rather than later. So if I am, I mean, let me flip this. If you send me a YouTube video via iMessage, I will feel compelled to try to watch that not necessarily on my own time and 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 quicker than I may have otherwise. By mm-hmm. contrast, if you to were to tweet me a, a YouTube video, I would just consume that as part of me sitting there, you know, screwing around on Twitter. Does that make sense? So it's like it's lower or higher, whatever, one of the directions on the pyramid that's less urgent if it's a tweet than if it's an iMessage. And I guess another thing you could do is email it, but you and I haven't emailed each other in years, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I get frustrated when people in my life email me when they have. This is like a thing me and Adina have. She sends me things by email sometimes, and I'm just like, "We have a million ways of communicating. Please don't email me." <laughs> like, I hate getting email from people that don't need to email me that could like communicate with me in another method. Um, so, but yeah, okay, I, I get it. Like, I totally get it. And there's also kind of like a. If you think like you're sharing it with me, but you think other people might want to see it too, that you might be more inclined to tweet at me. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next question comes from Steven. Does Casey think he would be more proactive and therefore his videos, which are very good, more prolific if he didn't have the safety blanket of podcasting in his heart of hearts? Will video making always be just a hobby? Uh, It will be a hobby until it pays the bills. (laughs) That's, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't think, I don't know that I would have explored video stuff were it not for the safety net of podcasting. I am not the kind that would just jump and not have a parachute on my back or not have a net that I'm jumping into. So for me to spend time in this videos, it is because it is being enabled by other things. And I know a lot of people do better by just saying, you know what? this is it. I'm going to be a video creator. And then they just jump in head first. And that is just not my personality. So I think it would be worse. I don't think I ever would have really explored the video stuff. You never would have done it. Yeah, I don't You never would have done it. No way. I mean, maybe it would have been a side thing, but it always would have just been a side thing because you're just not built that way. Right. I mean, I I would argue... To like jump in. Exactly. And I would argue that I am treating it more seriously right now than I ever have. And it is almost my... Like almost all the time that I spend at my desk working that isn't 
this moment right now when I'm recording a podcast, almost all of it is working on video stuff. And I am, and I don't want to get into this right now, but I'm actually having a little bit of a crisis of confidence with that because I feel like I am spending, and this is the same thing everyone told me would happen and they're right. I'm spending an inordinate amount of time doing video related things for the paltry earnings that are coming out the other end. And for Mm. now I'm going to stick with it, but I will be very surprised if I'm still producing videos in a year. And I will be slightly surprised if I'm still producing videos in six months, but we'll see. Out of interest, are you tracking? tracking No, I am not tracking my time, but I I don't need in this context. I'm not trying to be a a tool. Like I don't need to, because I can tell you it's, it's grossly misproportioned and, and I shouldn't be spending my time doing this anymore. I've already kind of gotten my answer and I've already, I already kind of know this is a waste of time, but I want to see through the handful of things that are already kind of in the hopper. Like there's a Tesla video that's very well, reasonably close to done. Are you giving up on this? Maybe. That, that, that's what I'm talking okay. I'm not sure. I haven't there decided. There is no uh, shame in that. Yeah, the thing is, I'm still enjoying it quite a bit, but I'm feeling ever more guilty about the time commitment I'm giving it, given the revenue okay. that comes in on the other end. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, so we can. Maybe we should put this as, as a topic for another show because there's probably a lot here to unpack. But I, I still really, really, really enjoy it. I just don't think, I just don't think I should necessarily be spending my time doing it anymore. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it another time. Opens notes app. Navigate to analog for follow up note. <laughs> Type topic is Casey giving up on YouTube. Yep, that's uh, done. All right, go team. All right. Joe wants to know, uh, how are you all doing with FOMO these days? Um, I'm not as bad with online, but recently I've been struggling with it with my neighbors and real life people. I think for Mike and I, that's kind of hard because um, obviously our mutual friends are not our neighbors, but they are also real life people. So the way I'm perceiving this is there's a difference between me seeing what Casey Neistat is doing and being like, wow, I bet that was awesome. And you I don't get being, FOMO for that. Right, exactly. Like, oh, that's cool. I wish I could do that sometime, but whatever. Then there's you Because I don't feel like I'm missing out as such, right? Exactly. Like, it doesn't feel like I've missed out on something. It's like uh, maybe a jealousy thing, or I'm like, oh, I want to do that one day. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I missed out on Casey Neistat's wakeboarding adventure. <laughs> and if you do feel that way, I'm not criticizing you totally, at all, right? Totally. But like, that's just how we come at it. It's like a different... I think that that is this. It's just like a different thing. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that this becomes a little bit squishy for you and me. Like, for example, this coming weekend, which by the time you're listening to this is the weekend that's almost over. Um, you're going to be with a lot of our mutual friends in a place that I quite like, and I'm going to have awful FOMO about that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is part of the reason that I'm doing it. Like, I didn't really think of it that way, but there's mm-hmm. like, well, I know a bunch of my friends are going to be together and I have the ability to go, so maybe I should just do it. Yeah, and, So and, like I did it. And actually, Mike and I had talked about, like Mike had extended the invitation for me to go as well, and I'd really thought about it, but there's one or two other things that are happening in the year that are more important to me that if I'm You're going to... Yeah, and if I'm going to leave the family behind for a little bit, then I'm going to prioritize these other things that are happening at other times of the year over this Chicago trip. Yep, yep. But man, I'm going to be missing out real bad. With re- with regard to real life stuff, I don't feel FOMO that, or like real life is in like neighbors and things like that. I don't feel FOMO that often. I think because most of my real life friends are all, you know, parents with kids and we don't live 
terribly exciting lives right now in the traditional sense of the word. Like, you know, of course our lives are exciting. We have children and that's wonderful, but they're not exciting in the sense of like, what was it, Kirill, that uh, that that, uh, oh, that Gray kept pronouncing Krull or whatever. Anyway, Skrillex yeah, Skrillex. and Skrillex. <laughs> yeah, there's a love of the play. But uh, yeah, but that was never really my scene to begin with. But beyond that, like I'm not living, uh, my, my friends that are, that are local are not really living that life anyway. So whatever. Yeah, I think I don't, feel like i struggle too much with fomo but it will get me every now and then um and i think one of the reasons that i'm able to get over it is that i do get the opportunity to see a lot of my friends more these days like you know like i feel like i get an opportunity to spend time with people uh more than i ever have so i think that because i've been on this ramp up over the last couple of years um especially last year i think that my my like ability to experience FOMO has decreased because I feel like that I have had, I've been blessed with the amount that I have been able to spend time with my friends. Mm -hmm. But like in previous years and like going back even further, um, it was, it was a thing that like, I felt like I was missing out more. So I think that I think my, my ability to experience FOMO is dependent on kind of, I just so sounds so dumb how much I am actually missing out on <laughs> the, the the less i the less I miss out, the less fomo I feel, and I know that sounds so dumb, but it just means that like if so like let's imagine there that that there are three trips that you go on where you are spending time with friends. If I get to go to two of them, I won't feel so bad about the one that I miss, right, sure, right. Um, and I, I maybe that's the way everybody feels. I don't know, but like that, I've my kind of FOMO has decreased that way. I don't really have any advice of this. I'm just telling you how I feel. Like I think FOMO is a thing, um, and if you experience it really badly, then I think I think we spoke about this before. Mm-hmm. I remember saying this on a previous show. Like if you do feel it really badly, then you should reevaluate your social media usage because that's where it comes from. So, like, if this is a thing that makes you sad, then be careful about what you're consuming. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. 